0: Welcome to Death Readers, I'm Doug. I'm Rob. This is episode 61 of Death Readers, I believe. No, it's 61. Um, <laughs> uh, the podcast where we read through the Harry Potter book series. This is Harry Potter and the Deathly yeah. Hallows. Yes, you got it. Chapters 7, 8, and 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, we encourage you guys to read through the the book with us and re- re- read through the chapters so that you can you know what we're talking about when we talk about it not vague memories we want you there we want you in the thick of it yeah i think that you're gonna have a bad time if you listen to this podcast with only your emotional memories about what reading harry potter was like for you when you did it the first time because unfortunately (laughs) i think you're just gonna have like you're gonna want to you're gonna want to argue with me as opposed to like reading it and experiencing it with us because i i'm not i'm not trying to destroy your good memories by pointing out how they're built. It's like okay. Let me put it this way: <laughs> your memories are a lot like a, a. Let's just say a very specific but not too specific. Let's just say your memories of Harry Potter might be like a certain tower in Italy. Let's And goes. it it could be like a really a a gorgeous tower, right? Mm. Like a world famous, beautiful tower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm but let's say that the foundation it's built on <laughs> is you. less, is less than like solid
1: mm.
0: or like less than like stable. Sure. It's like questionable in nature and it it's, it's, Shifting. and let me, let, yeah, yeah. And, and, and death readers is like the endless march of time, the unforgiving <laughs> march of time and gravity towards the, inevitable crashing down of this beautiful i gotta tell you it's gorgeous tower a lot of effort and and blood sweat and love went into this tower but i mean it's only a matter of time before it falls over and people go damn i guess that tower wasn't built very well (laughs) and that's all death readers is we're just time is just is just saying Maybe, maybe this tower is gorgeous and has a lot of people have a lot of good memories. They all want to take their photo, you know, trying to pretend to keep it up because it's, it it takes, it's going to take a lot to, to to really prop up that tower in the face of a, a strong gravity, a strong, uh, you know, atomic force. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, here, here you are, you're, you're, you know, you're plucky. (laughs) I'll give you that. Um, but it's going to fall. So here we are crashing it down to the ground. And like the tower, (laughs) it wasn't necessarily, it's not our goal really to crash it down. We're just acknowledging the inevitability. Yeah. When we started this podcast, the idea, the the idea when we started this podcast was Rob being like, you've never read those books. Oh, let's read them. (laughs) You'll love them. It's this whole, like, Oh my God, I've read them so many times. They're great. And me being like, yeah, I think it might be about time. I have, I'm interested. And then getting into them and me being like, oh boy. <laughs> Does Rob know? Yeah, do, did you know? This. I want to know, do you know that, you, I'm going to throw in another uh, metaphor. Do you sure. know that the, the meal you get at this restaurant you love so much, you get every time you come, um, the thing about it that is special is that the cooks spit in it <laughs> every <laughs> time. Do
1: you know that? Thought it was the warm ketchup and reconstituted onions.
0: <laughs> that's what I came for. You I know how not, you I know how, not like the spit. You know how McDonald's has those, those onions.
1: Yeah, recon onions. That's what we called them.
0: And the ketchup. Yeah. Is that where you were going with your favorite meal? Were you just going to McDonald's hamburgers? <laughs> yeah, yeah it was. that was your favorite yeah. <laughs> meal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like it's well, may, maybe it's because of what you've already said. You you. Set the table for me of a (laughs) very tasty, very quick, same exact experience every single time. Really fucking bad for me.
0: Really bad for you. And also you have no proof that it's made very well. Yep. Like how much rat poop in your food are you okay with eating? (laughs) Like the government will tell you how much they're okay with you eating. But how much are you okay with eating?
1: (laughs) because those numbers are allowed to be different
0: they're 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 legally allowed to be different there's an advisable (laughs) amount of rat poop you're the government thinks it's okay for you to consume i think that most people don't even think about how they are eating rat poop and they don't even consider like that they should think about it and they may maybe be like i don't want to eat this anymore or at least acknowledge that you're eating it right and just know that just live with that knowledge that you eat rat poop (laughs) It's early to get an episode title, but You Eat Rat Poop is pretty high up there.
1: I was already, I just underlined rat poop. (laughs) (laughs) Either one are working for me right now.
0: Anyway, I love these books. Let's read them.
1: (laughs) I don't have any housekeeping to you.
0: I don't have any housekeeping. It seems like it was a relatively quiet week in J.K. Rowling World, or maybe I just didn't pick up on it.
1: I'm not looking anymore. I've I've stopped going to look because every two days or something, there was a double down that was just making me ill. And so I I'm saw something
0: like, I did see something today. I didn't. I'm, it's not really worth talking about. But I saw she's still making waves, I guess. Oh, yeah. Like I guess there was something about her potentially suing a children's publication or like an, uh, a magazine for defamation of character for calling her anti trans. And her argument, like she's saying that that's like she's being defamed by that characterization. Mm-hmm. that She doesn't believe she's anti trans, I think.
1: Yeah, I think she's made it pretty clear she is. This is that thing where it's like you can't call me racist because my racist view equals only, you know, clan level or Nazi or worse.
0: Yes. And exactly. not allowing
1: for anything else. And it's like, no, that the things you're saying are actively anti trans and you're not listening. to yeah, People it, are trying to tell you that. I mean, that's just yeah, that's it, logic it, it, without feeling Although, it, I mean, without any cards in the game. That's what it, this has been.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it would be interesting to see if that, like if that goes to court or, or if it's just settled. Right. Um, or if it's even fucking happening, because I, like I said, I saw a headline. Um, sure, 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 sure. But like, you know, like this idea of like what constitutes legally being transphobic or anti-trans. Because there's another question. is like, they're not the same thing. Sure. You can make that argument in, in a court of law. And that's what makes law so silly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's just part of um, what we're dealing with in this age, in this interesting world we live in. Uh, But like I said, I don't really have any more to say about that because I didn't do any research. But the point is. You looked at a headline. You're practically an expert. She's 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 still out there (laughs) not leaving people alone. Maybe, you know, maybe she's maybe we're looking at this wrong. Maybe she maybe she's right and that she is being defamed and that that's not accurate. Maybe people aren't listening to her arguments and they're just attacking her. And there's publications who have a legal responsibility not to print defamation or libel and she has every right to sue them over that i i don't know i think that's what that's literally what courts are for Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) uh, i'm but i i actually kind of am and would be interested in that case and how that goes again it's not sure i don't i don't think it's a u.s case it would be a i think it's a british publication so i have no idea what those laws are like i don't like like i like i'm so well versed in american law
1: would you even call a kangaroo court in england they don't have kangaroos
0: doug yeah, but they know about him.
1: Yeah. Just, um, I, I mean, sure, you can use the phrase because it's a generic phrase, but actually in the legal system, you have to use the proper language.
0: A Captain Kangaroo
1: Court? <laughs> he was an American. I'm sorry. I, I thought he, I just... He actually might have been Canadian. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. With that bull cut, Canada's, and he had, the, what, the red mountie jacket? Come on. Captain Kangaroo. He had a moose. Come on.
0: He was clearly fucking...
1: I'm, we're breaking this whoa, whole thing apart. Whoa. Captain Kangaroo is a Canadian. I am. Oh, I am. This. I'm feeling ill. This episode is over. Speak,
0: speaking of Canadians, yeah, I I think it's worth asking this question before we even get started with chapter seven, eight, nine of Harry <laughs> Potter book seven, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Um, it's a perfect time to not get into that and to ask: Are there Canadian wizards, and do we learn about them? Oh,
1: I believe with the extra Pottermore. It's not even that anymore. I think it's wizarding world now. Uh, information has come to light that there are Canadian wizards, but what I didn't, what I don't know, cause we know there's the, everyone knows there's the American school, Ilvermorny, right? Everyone knows yes. that. Okay. Yes. Um, what I was, but what I don't know is if there's a Canadian school to fall under ministry of magic rule, or do they have their own Canadian ministry?
0: Well, I would bet that, uh, everything but Quebec would fall under uh, um, British Ministry of Magic rules. You think
1: it follows Muggle government and that Magic Canada (laughs) is is a subject of uh, Magic England.
0: I mean, I think you make a really good point about why are the boundaries of Magic world the same as Muggle world? Right. Like... Like, why is it the, that French wizards are even considered French wizards? Why is it that English wizards are considered English wizards when they seem to have so little contact with each other? Mm-hmm. Like, why do they even have accents that are the same? Like, if they don't interact with Muggles, why would it not make sense that like, or you know, have extremely limited interactions with Muggles? Mm-hmm. Why would it stand a reason that wizards don't develop their own accents in their in their insular societies? You know, like uh, like Amish people. Sure. I think, I think probably have accents of some kind. Pennsylvania, witch, Um, (laughs) yeah, Pennsylvania, witch. I'm so into that idea. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Like, like that kind of thing. And uh, I don't know a lot of questions I have about how this all should work. That is, it's mostly just me being a dick, but I still find it interesting. So uh, there you go. There we go. Um, So yeah, but I think that like, yeah, that whatever governing body runs the French school, and the French Be-beton. wizards. Yeah, yeah. They, they would also engage with the Quebecois. Are you ready to move on to chapters? <laughs> yes. So there's no more housekeeping. Uh, uh,
1: actually, <laughs> there's one one last thing. Holy poop. So it's real quick. While you were talking, I, I glanced at Wikipedia where they uh, suggest that Captain Kangaroo oh, is suggest. an American. Bullshit. Suggest. Anybody can edit Wikipedia. So mm. clearly some, the, the, the fucking Americans are out there with their
0: agendas somebody's in captain kangaroo's pouch is what you're saying
1: yeah this whole thing is a is a ridiculous legal proceeding
0: (laughs) um all right you want to get into chapter seven yes let's do it okay well that brings us to chapter seven
1: (laughs) the will of albus dumbledore
0: all right excited let's let's just tear into these chapters and and get this podcast over with
1: (laughs) one (laughs) one two page
0: 111 Twelve, Jesus, I can't talk. One hundred and eleven, twelve. That's that's way later than mine, so I'm gonna go first. Okay, mine's on page uh, hundred and twelve. Hey, but, uh, god damn it, go for it. I'm sorry, I it's it's before one hundred eleven and twelve. So I, I mean, it's <laughs> it goes to me. So I actually, I, I have only one note on this page. Uh, oh, okay. So I, I guess it was Ron who probably had the Chudley Cannon sock.
1: I would argue, yes. I, I mean, okay. He is a poster. I hear okay, I, I I literally hear what you're saying. Um my own here, let's see. If you actively participated in our discussions or uh actively read these books, um you would or, or, or listened to the last episode, you would not have said anything you just said. Discuss. <laughs> because the sock in question was a fucking puddle mare united, you ass.
0: Oh, my bad. I guess all those um, those Quidditch names of things are so ridiculous and silly that they all just run together in some sort of, like, ice cream soup of shit I don't care about. So, <laughs> it's like...
1: <laughs> it's going to be one of those
0: episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. You you said everything you've said, and I still only remember one of the team names. <laughs> Puddlemere. United. No, no, no. Chudley, Chudley Can. <laughs> That's the one I remember.
1: Yeah. Hollyhead Harpies. The
0: the the Chudley Puddlechucks <laughs> and the the all-girl team of the uh Punchabout Witches or whatever it was called. The <laughs> Taghead
1: call Smashers. I would I would I would totally be down with uh being a fan of the the uh, Punchabout Witches.
0: Oh, oh, I got a better name for an all-girl quidditch team. Okay. The Banshees. The Ban Banshees.
1: I just thought maybe Bam she's but I no, guess that's like, more like, of a roller derby title.
0: Yeah, like like S H E E S though. Yeah, 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 I get because of ladies. Yeah,
1: yeah, I got. I like it. Could Be the Irish team.
0: Yeah, the Irish team of the Banshees. Yeah. I love it. Hey J K, send me my uh, you know check residuals. Give me my residual for every time you use the uh, the Dublin Banshees. Oh shit! They already have an Irish team. Whoa! Oh oh oh, oh.
1: no! Oh oh. Let's go back to book four. We're never gonna get this. Oh wait, hold on. Book... I
0: know this answer. This is the World Cup, so it's not the same. Right. It was the it was the national team. Right.
1: And I've always wondered: does the national team for Bulgaria or Ireland not have a name? Apparently, they don't. Yeah. So. So there could the easily banshees. be.
0: Ooh ooh! What about dairy? It could be like a dairy girl's tie-in. Yeah. Where it's like that's the Northern dairy Ireland banshees. Yeah. Totally different. So that's my note. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, um, I note, my actually next note I, is I page a, one one three.
1: I actually found I had a page on uh, a note on one hundred and twelve.
0: Oh yeah, you do. Yeah.
1: But also, <laughs> what I was going to say uh, is that note is immediately answered by the text in a later chapter, so we don't even need to bring it up.
0: Great. My next note is page one one three. Okay. So that's mine, and but you acc- go first. I actually have two on this page, so I'm going to go first. Um, the.
1: <laughs> I've got a two part note.
0: Apparently, I've got a, I've got like a two part note too, so I'm just gonna do mine. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> Stop note trying to outnote is, me.
0: I'm just gonna outnote you if you don't mind. Nope, um Mine. I, I just look at it this way: if I if I do all my notes and mm. they cover the content of your notes, it's mm. less work you have to do. Okay, go for it. Is page one one three? Uh, is that a dick caught in a zipper joke? <laughs>
1: explain explain because i don't know if i know the context
0: you don't know the context the tight pants no no what i'm I'm gonna have to find it i guess because i'm telling you there's a there's something about mary joke in this chapter (laughs) i i I certainly am noticing more risque jokes all right here you go i'm gonna read it to you okay page 113 Revelling in the removal of his trace, Harry sent Ron's possessions flying around the room, causing Pigwidgeon to wake up and flutter excitedly around his cage. Harry also tried tying the laces of his trainers by magic. The resultant knot took several minutes to untie by hand, and, purely for the pleasure of it, turned the orange robes on Ron's Chudley Cannon's poster bright blue. I'd do your fly by hand, though, Ron advised, Harry sniggering when Harry immediately checked it. Um. Sure. yeah yeah it seems like Just, a dick caught in a zipper joke right Well,
1: because there's a paragraph later is, is the joke joke that I'm going to oh, bring up well no no that's my second note okay Um, which is my part it's two. not all
0: about the wand work We're, let's get to it naturally it's not all about the wand work
1: but I feel like there's a lot of dick jokes in this book
0: she, she had something on her mind when she wrote this page mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. had dick jokes in mind mm-hmm. when she wrote page 113 yep Cause that's that was my second note was like, there's two dick jokes in one page. There's yeah. that's a lot. That's a Within high concentration. The same half a page. Yeah, yeah.
1: Chuck full of cock.
0: Well, I don't know if like the wand work joke is actually a joke the character says or it's something we're supposed to interpret as a joke. Like, does Ron understand his own entendre? I.
1: Ooh, He's giving Ron a lot of credit.
0: To which way that he would understand an entendre, or that he would understand that he was deliberately making one. <laughs> like, here's my question. Are you saying that he's you're giving him a lot of credit because it, it, it attributes the capacity to make an entendre to him or it attributes the capacity to understand an entendre?
1: My takeaway was the author was making a joke.
0: Sa- that was basically mine also.
1: Just from Ron's sort of dumbness.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Uh, I used to be so fond of Ron. Remember those days? You did.
0: Yeah. But that's what we do here. Yep. Ron was your smaller leaning tower of Pisa. Is that your it for 113? One, one, yeah, that was my 113.
1: One, uh, my 113, one, besides the one work comment, was 12 failsafe ways to charm witches. That whole concept never felt as funny to me as I think JK wants it to. It's just something that yeah. I have to like get through. Every time they like come back to it and like make a joke or a reference or Ron's like, hey. hey. I'm just like... Okay. Okay. Just, can we
0: move on? Well, I think that it was obviously supposed to be a reference to like those pickup guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Books. Well, I'm not trying to say you don't understand that. What I'm saying is that is what they're based on. But the all of the information he uses so far is just like treat girls you like nicely and they'll like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's not manipulative like that's i mean maybe it is maybe if you have like malicious intent behind the nice things you're saying like you don't actually mean them uh what if it's not malicious intent what if person? it's just
1: i actually i want to get with this person is that is that still counted as manipulative in your mind because that seems like it would be
0: i think kind of i mean if if the get with you mean is like like hook up carnal well not even carnal. just just i want
1: to have more of a relationship with this person than i have And I'm going to use things
0: like compliments and observation of hard work to do that. No, I don't, I don't think so. But I think if the, if the, it depends on what your goal is. Like if your goal is to open up the opportunity to have a relationship, no, I don't think that that's necessarily like, I I mean, it's manipulative in a sense, but I don't think it's malicious. I think, I think that there's, I, I guess I am being a person who is a prude and from the United States thinks that if you, in some extent, if you like pursue intercourse with a person and you manipulate their emotions to, Achieve it. Like, achieve it, then that is kind of fucked up.
1: Without talking um, about how it's just going to be a casual thing. Yes, right. that would be manipulative, sure.
0: And I don't think that's what Ron's doing, but that's that's the, uh, like, I think that might be the jokes that those books are supposed to be like that. Like, yeah. those those pickup guy, uh, like, those are supposed to be books about how to have one night stand, how to achieve the goal of getting into a woman's pants yeah. and nothing more. And the idea that she wrote a version of those books into her story that are only saying nice things to girls, (laughs) like, feels funny. Like, I think that's funny. I can see that. I don't know if that's what her intention is, but I think that's funny. Like, to be like, Harry, did you hear the great news? I know how to make girls like me. Come here. I don't want anybody else to hear this because it'll decrease my odds of, like, getting with all the girls I like. But, like, hear me out. You tell her they're nice. You tell them that their ideas are good. You tell them they're smart. Don't they're, interrupt. They have, they're yeah they are valuable. Like you 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 and if you here's another one, page page seventy three. Listen, like who would have thought that if I stop talking, <laughs> that it they'll like it. Like they'll like me more the less I say. <laughs> I know it doesn't make any sense. Well, feel but like at me now. It doesn't make any sense, but it's here and I'm going to try it because everything I've done before, like (laughs) showing off my my, you know, brilliant personality, it's not bringing them in like I want. So maybe like if I take it back, like reel my reel the me in a little bit and like let them be them and like really let them feel like they're seen, I might have success. I mean, call me crazy, but I'm going to try it.
1: That definitely stopped being uh, a hypothetical and became an attack on me.
0: (laughs) I would expect you to interpret it in no other way. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I also think that that's not really how it reads. Like, it it reads more like like Ron's like, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm I'm pulling one over on Hermione. And Harry's like, I guess. And because then Harry does it to Ron's mom. Well, Um, Harry
1: just gives Ron's mom a a compliment from the heart, which Ron interprets as. Harry having read the book already. Right. Which is, I, I like, it's a funny, it's a funny, but it's also, there's an element of tediousness. It's just like, okay, maybe, maybe if they'd built this up earlier in a different book to give Ron something to do or to, to have him inept, but trying would have been an interesting character arc earlier.
0: Yeah. He did have a lot of like romance in the last book. But and it wasn't like it was kind of inept because it certainly seemed like he didn't understand what he was doing at all. Yeah. But he was finding success mm-hmm. like he was having too much success unexplained success. Yeah, I don't know. Well, my next notes, page 117. Hey, me too. I'm going to go first again. <laughs> my page 117 is, quote, she's not expecting us to end up married. Insert audible eye roll. It's it's one of what, those moments where it feels what? like it's
1: it's it's what it that's something people would say in that situation. It's totally
0: realistic. Yeah, it feels uh it, it certainly feels realistic. It certainly feels uh like imagine you're like so you know how you how like you have a Thanksgiving feast and you get this nice beautiful turkey and you like stuff it. You wanna fill it with things that like make it taste really nice and good yeah. and everything, you eat that stuffing. Gravy. You know how they you know how they don't call like Okay, so imagine, like, you do that, but instead of a turkey, you have, like, a ham, and you're going to stuff that ham full of, of things. Okay. You, but, but, like, because, like, hams don't really have, like, a place to stuff. A cavity. Yeah, a cavity. When you get your hand into the ham, you end up with things that are, like, little ham fists. <laughs> God damn it.
1: <laughs> you're so proud. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah
0: yeah that's what this feels like in in a word it feels ham-fisted like you're shoving your hands in a thing that don't need to be shoved and stuffed and forced feels unnecessarily forced is what i'm saying Mm -hmm. (laughs) ham-fisted that's my 117? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: mine's mine's the opposite, and I feel a little more sheepish about it now. Oh goodness, bring it on! <laughs> I can't wait. I I I wrote. Uh, I always find myself oddly invested in the aftermath of Ron's interruption.
0: Oh, that's different, though. Okay, okay. That's that's different. Like, I'm not talking about their interaction. I'm talking about the specific line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, she's the not exp- like in the aftermath. She's not expecting us to end up married. It's like. Uh, it didn't need that. Right. Like, the scene worked. The scene made sense. Like, it was one of the only times in their, like, like if I accept that their relationship makes any goddamn sense from the offset. Right. Like, from the onset, rather. Like, it starts off, I disregard how they don't actually have a build up to a relationship. And we just, ex- like, Harry needs a love interest now. It is Ginny. Right. If I just accept that, then this is the only scene so far that, like, really makes that work, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That really like like has that moment that feels sort of genuine and awkward and like very like realistic. Like I can imagine being that person who has that moment and then it's interrupted. and You're embarrassed and like then Ron's all like, you know, you you told me you wouldn't bother her anymore and like I, you better like you broke her heart before, man. Don't lead her on. I get that. Like that feels real.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, it's um, it's there's there's something heartbreaking about how the the circumstances that led to this moment, this kiss. Mm-hmm. were so specific that this thing was such a one-off that it might never ever be repeated that it's so pivotal for for harry you know this would be one this is clearly one he's going to look back on and anybody can empathize i think with this having those moments in their past being like oh I, this is totally that moment and then to have it interrupted just for kind of pettish petty petty reasons um and it can't be got back even if even if harry survives and does magically end up with Jenny, and ham-fistedly marries her, they can never have a kiss like this again. And it was right. ruined just because Ron felt he had to do something. I'm like, I'm like that's that's affecting.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's If you wanted to get really up the turkey hole with this...
1: <laughs> Wait, turkey hole's good, right? Because it's not ham-fisted?
0: Yes. Okay. Then you could you could say that this is another in a long line of experiences that are normal people take for granted that Harry is denied. Oh yeah, that's true. And and in in a way it is this tragedy of his character to be so to long for normalcy. Like he's this he's this regretful hero. He he doesn't act like he would give anything to have a normal life because the cost of being a hero means that he doesn't have a family that he's abused by the family he does have, that he's, you know, someone's always trying to kill him and he he has to either, like, lay down and take it or stand up for himself and, you know, fight back. Mm-hmm. And that, at the, at the cost of losing a lot of, like, normalcy, I mean, losing implies he ever had any, but, like, sure. it, it you know, is he's just simply denied normalcy. So this one moment comes in where he gets to have kind of a girlfriend. He gets to have a little, like, you know romance a 17 year old romance and even that is taken from him because of his circumstances and his his luck in some ways Mm -hmm. but that's if you're really you know like head first in the turkey hole
1: right if you're if you're up with the giblets in the neck yeah good gravy though
0: i my favorite kind of stuffing i think is like it's like some sort of like bread mix with like onions and like you know yeah is that normal stuffing?
1: Well, okay. My favorite stuffing is cornbread stuffing, which is like half cornbread, half bread bread, sauteed in a shitload of butter with onions and sage. Mm.
0: And
1: it's really good. But then people start adding like dried fruits and sausage or oysters and shit. Have you ever had oysters and stuffing? Well, no. if, you, if you like pockets of snot in your food, go for it.
0: Well, now that you mention it, <laughs> it it's an aesthetic I I require. Mm. It, it's like the mouthfeel of snot is almost replicable
1: it that's very true
0: so like knowing that oysters provide that
1: Mm.
0: is tantalizing
1: i mean they can they can
0: my stepmom makes a really good turkey stuffing and i don't know if i've ever told her that i love it um because i've always like kind of looked at stuffing as like a thing you shouldn't eat like i look at food when i eat it as like a uh there's a there's a tier system in what's worth eating hmm and I always start at top down. I go. I, I always eat like in segments. I eat like the thing on the plate that's the most valuable to me, and then I go down. Oh, I don't do that at like, all. And so then, like, if I'm full by the time I get down to the thing I don't really want to eat, I don't have to because I'm full.
1: Oh, I see. I was thinking the other way around, or I was like, like I was thinking, like you know, eat your your spinach first and work your way to the pie is what you're talking about.
0: Oh, no, I'm saying eat the pie first. Okay,
1: okay. Then then we are more on the same page than I realized.
0: Except, except pie is a separate like course, so I'm sure, saying like, if sure. you're talking about Thanksgiving, it's like I'm probably going to eat the corn and the turkey first. T- turkey stuffing, like, gravy,
1: mashed... and cranberry first.
0: Well, mashed potatoes higher high up there for me. Well,
1: mashed potatoes are a waste of goddamn time if you have stuffing on oh, plate. Oh, I entirely disagree. You're wrong.
0: No, it's a taste thing, Rob. It's, it's not a taste thing. i explained this to you before. No. There's not. There's my a way, universal way amount and
1: of... there's wrong.
0: Are those the same way? Fuck you.
1: <laughs> my next note's one twenty-seven.
0: My next note's page one nineteen. Okay. There's uh, just this is a pedantic sure. note, uh, but on page one nineteen, Hagrid asks Harry if he can believe that they met six years ago.
1: That scene where Tiger seemed really drunk. Well, I almost wrote it out there, but yeah, I know what you mean.
0: Yeah, um, but didn't they meet like seventeen years ago? I mean, that was just carrying a baby. Babies don't count. Babies? Don't, oh my god! <laughs> Welcome to the uh, not only pro-choice but the the hard pro-choice podcast. <laughs> Babies don't count," said said Rob. <sighs> Maybe he, said J.K. I don't know, man. I don't know why he would forget that he's the one who drops off Harry I, I as a I think was,
1: he was trying to, to engage with Harry's recollection of their first time.
0: But even baby Harry has memories. Yeah, but
1: Harry, who Harry he's talking to, is not going to remember. Well, I don't know.
0: I feel like it was an opportunity for Hagrid to say, oh, boy, I remember so many years ago. I dropped you off as a baby. And oh my goodness, how much you've grown. And look what us like, I'm so proud of you as a surrogate father figure, as an uncle, as it were, to you, Harry. I, I'm so proud of, of the, the, the wizard and the man you've become in the face of this much adversity, in the, the life and death situations you've overcome, and the people you've risked your life to protect and save. I couldn't be prouder, and I feel like your father would be just as proud. Happy birthday, Harry.
1: I mean, that's a great spe- birthday speech, but Hagrid is, you know, probably on his second bucket of wine and dealing with all sorts of his own issues. So, yeah, we're lucky he said what he said.
0: <laughs> we're lucky he misremembered. But again, regardless, like, I guess it just felt, I guess that's my note, is it felt weird, like, to forget the baby thing, but I guess what you're kind of saying, and the reason, a, a normal person, I guess, you know, a, a, a smart person would just say, He's yeah, like you said, like he's talking about the time when they they interacted and were able to communicate with one another as sentient beings, as opposed to one being an infant, right. being a larval human and the other being a giant. Fine. <laughs> Sorry to shut you down in public. No, no, no. I uh, I had my speech. You deserved it. I made my elevator pitch for what I thought would make more sense.
1: No, it was certainly I mean, like. Were you, were you to stand up at my birthday and toast me, thus I I would probably have a tear in my eye. Nah,
0: <laughs> all words are bullshit. Okay, and if you all if you think bullshit. that words Shit. <laughs> <laughs> here's my point. Like I'm just saying. Like I said what I said. I improv that moment. I just I let that flow out of me. But it felt real. And just did it? Cause was it? I don't know. If you want me to say to toast you at your birthday party, let me know and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, I'll even do it. I'll even like I'll I'll punch it up. I I will do a sincere like he's a jolly good fellow style Oh. I'm, I'm, toast I'm, I'm feeling of gross you.
1: now. Don't let's not not let us not talk about this. Unless you invented an entire fictitious backstory on the spot.
0: I mean if that's what would make you happy whatever would make you the Aww. happiest I will do because that's why words are bullshit <laughs> <laughs> cuz I can arrange any of them in any order you'd like to make you happy for whatever thing you want <laughs> And I don't have to good I don't have to mean any of it you just have to you just have to want to hear it My last note is page 132.
1: Okay, I've got a four-part note on page 127.
0: Yeah, bring the four four parts. Four parts. Harry Potter in the four part note.
1: Four part note. A harmony Quadrupenotric. maybe. Quadrupedo trick. Quadrupedo trick. Woody 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 Pete Townsend? Who? The lead guitarist for the Who.
0: Oh god damn it.
1: <laughs> My defense, it's really hot in here and it's really late. <laughs> and yes, audience, that was real time how long it took me to get it.
0: Sorry, I you put me in a corner where I was like, What do I do? Do I go with the bit? Do I double down? <laughs> I hate everything. <sighs> like, do I go, do I go? Who are you talking about? <laughs> Who? Who? Do I do that or do uh. I just tell him like, yeah, I know is it I know. <sighs> anyway. You have a four part note <laughs> that sure I I can't wait to get to it.
1: <laughs> oh. oh. All right. Page 127. You ready for this?
0: Yeah, bring it.
1: Flesh memories. Ew. First off, first part, gross. Second, totally not a retcon, I'm sure. I've always had flesh memories in mind for for, 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 for uh, snitches. Totally. Third, Hermione knows this, but the Quidditch fans don't. Fourth, uh... It felt implied to me when I read Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone that Oliver Wood was using school balls when training Harry in book one. Maybe they have a training snitch? Or, and they open a new snitch for every game? It's a lot of snitches. Uh, do all new snitches become training snitches? Or, are there for, are they forever trophy snitches? What the fuck? Um, none of, None of this makes sense other than we need a thing that Harry alone can touch at a specific moment to have a day's ex snitch happen
0: yeah i i can tell you that in terms of real sports uh a lot of times in sports like in baseball they don't use old baseballs often in schools like they this well, is a school no,
1: situation this is a school game that's that's my big point here
0: yeah yeah that does seem like quite a lot of money <laughs> to, uh, presumably to spend on if, 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 if we're talking about Victor Crumb and the Man. World
1: Cup, absolutely on board with, with right. that, and I get it. But we're talking about Harry's first year. First snitch, so this isn't even the championship game. This is the first right. game he played. So this isn't even for the House Cup, because they didn't win till the third year anyway. So, I mean, how many snitches is that just per year of school?
0: Is this a note you've thought of before?
1: I think it's bugged me before. And I think I like okay. every time I've g- gone over it, I've been like, really? Because doesn't that, I'm going to move on. And, right. and it came to a head this time. And I no, popped you sound it.
0: like you sound like the, the students become the master.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the snitch thing has always stuck out like a sore thumb, especially since I, it's I, I, so I, I, integral to the plot.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree with you, except I don't remember what it is that's inside there. Sure. Um, like I I remember that he puts it in his mouth. I think. <laughs> I think he he gets
1: a little kiss, a little Mwah. He
0: he breathes on it and it gives like an it, it reads new words, but does it not? I don't. You don't don't have to tell me, but my I thought he actually put it in his mouth or something and it opens regardless. Like a like a candy with a thin candy shell. Mm.
1: Um, it's, a, it's it's a it's a gobstopper.
0: Or yeah, or like a peanut M M&M. and M. Like there's a there's a little treat in there, mm. but you have to let it melt in your mouth, not in your hand, Harry not going to work with your hand put it in your mouth um i think it's a lesson for all of us mm, yeah i agree with everything you've said all of those are valid criticisms and it's certainly again as i've said before it's that feeling of seeing the strings and being like this fe- i'm reading a retcon like i know i'm reading a retcon yeah why did you have to do that? Why do you have to retcon things? Why can't you build upon what you've written as opposed to rebuilding the wheel? Snitches are cool on their own.
1: I mean, this would work if there had been a line back in that first book when Oliver said something like, be careful with this one. It's, it's the training. So it might get away from you or something, but we, we only use a new one every game.
0: Some fucking, so we just had any kind of thing like that.
1: Right. I agree completely. Like, but it doesn't because it didn't.
0: Well, yeah, but there's so much in these last couple of books that do that exact thing. They just add and add and add and add and etc. So, yeah, I, we'll, we'll get there again. We'll get to more of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, 129. Okay.
1: Oh, I think I actually wrote a passage from the book.
0: 129.
1: Scrimjar did not pull the sword from the leather pouch, which in any case looked much too small to contain it. What are you? Stupid, Harry? Big things can't fit in small ones. What do you think this is, Magic?
0: Yeah, as if he didn't literally pull the sword from a hat.
1: Right. I, I It just seemed as if we're not in, in, introduced to a fucking TARDIS purse later. Yeah. It's just such a weird observation for Harry to have. Oh, clearly a sword yeah. couldn't be in there because it's not a sword-approved carrying case that would fit a sword. I I don't know. I mean, you're still burned from the snitch thing, but I was mad.
0: No, it makes sense. I, I agree. It, it's weird that, that that thought would occur to him. It's it at
1: least his mouth wasn't open, I guess.
0: Well he yeah, because he's always waiting to put a snitch in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's looking at that snitch in Scrimjar's fingers is like, oh, any moment now. 134.
0: I'm one thirty two.
1: Okay, go okay, for it.
0: Why is uh deluminator capitalized? It's proper noun? Is it? Uh no. Yeah, that's <laughs>
1: I guess it must be. It must be. She just wants to.
0: Like it's like the White House.
1: Give give weight to it since Dumbledore invented it. It's one of a kind.
0: But like even iPad is, not capitalized. Uh, well, I, the P is. <laughs> Whoa.
1: Yeah, just blew your mind. Um, but also iPad's not one of a kind.
0: No, but or even like well like is is the Sphinx, like is, is, are the pyramids. I don't know. I mean, like, the, it seems the Pizar, like those yeah. big, those, those big, like places should be, but like, this is an object. I mean, there are, are there many, I, I don't know. I guess I feel it like just... the
1: Sphinx is, I, I feel like it's given a weight to, you know, Dumbledore invented it. It's, it's, it's its own proper thing. I, I it's best I can do. I'm
0: on Deluminator watch is what I'm saying. Okay. I'm going to keep my okay. eye out for if this thing is capitalized later on, um, uh, because, I know it comes up in these chapters again, and sure. I know that they refer to it, but I don't remember it. I don't know if I looked again, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be looking from now on.
1: Yeah. Okay. Because if this fair. is
0: like Excalibur or something. That's actually is the, like ex- a... the
1: example I was going to use. It's it's. I right. feel like it's an Excalibur kind of thing. Except yeah, you don't say like the, the Millennium... Excalibur. Adding the to it makes it... Uh...
0: No, the Millennium Falcon. I don't know if it's capitalized or not. I would capitalize it. Yeah. The Death Star... Is that capitalized? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I they, don't know why it's capitalized.
0: Are. Yeah, it's a good point. I think, anyway. it, I think
1: it's proper noun. It's the best I can do. It's the
0: best I can expect. I'm done with that chapter. Oh, fuck you. Um, 134. <laughs> <laughs> I can only expect what you can give. That's all I'm saying. It's not a diss. I'm not insulting you. Every day, every aspect of life insults me. If all words are bullshit. <laughs>
1: 134. Um, and they try to call this out, but it's not good enough for me. It just pissed me. And again, it takes me back to flesh memories, which is still gross. Sounds like it's a Clive Barker thing. Honestly, that's what it, yeah. flesh memory sounds like it's from the Books of Blood. Um, 134, never heard of Beetle the Bar, but knows about flesh memories. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's, I guess maybe she's trying on purpose to do this. The Quidditch guys don't know about this thing about Quidditch, and she's a book person who doesn't
0: know about books. What? Everything's crazy.
1: No, it didn't. I didn't buy it. And Hermione
0: knows every book it, it, it's, it's too pat it,
1: yeah. it, it's, it pissed me off Ouch And you don't want me pissed off
0: You wouldn't like me if I was pissed off Only if I'm pissed on That's a terrible joke <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's weird Yellow Hulk Cause he's pissed on
0: Golden Hulk
1: I drink more water than you
0: <laughs> Probably true um, that's kay. it for my
1: notes from that chapter.
0: Well, then that brings us to chapter eight, the wedding. My first page notes page one thirty-seven. Hey, me too. Oh wow. Uh, I, I actually you should go first because I if your <laughs> notes the same as my note then I have like a sub note to it and if it's not I'll just take care of it quickly.
1: Pursuant to the rules set down in the Chamber of Secrets, a sip of Polyjuice Potion transform you for one hour. So why did Harry have to take a large dose of it? We have no idea that more at one mouthful is going to keep you in that form for longer. I'm pretty sure that's not the case since Moody was always taking extra sips.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Was that your note? Yeah. Really? Nope. Oh. Yep. Um, Good note, though. It just, it just, it again, just like Harry took an extra large, I don't think it said extra large, but they made it sound like it was more than normal. And, well, yeah, uh, it certainly
0: seems like the wedding took longer than an hour.
1: Yeah. Most weddings he, do. he
0: was, yeah, he was very well, like, transformed Beyond the wedding,
1: Harry taking a large juice of polyjuice potion. Um, sip, sip will turn you into crab for an hour. Yeah, I'm sure. I my note too. is
0: that, my note is that they uh, pursuant to the rules set down by the Chamber of Secrets, <laughs> the process of uh creating polyjuice potion takes a long time, like months. Oh yeah. So they must have been preparing to brew Harry some polyjuice potion that far in advance. And that seems like odd for them to have not mentioned it before. They're like, Harry is ready to drink a polyjuice potion.
1: Do you want me to answer now or do you want to do your subnote?
0: My sub note is, well, yes, but they also all transformed into Harry a couple days ago. Yeah. So presumably they have a big batch of it. I think they just as, need to add the elements of the person to which is exactly what happened in the first chapter or the the third chapter, whatever chapter that was.
1: I, I Especially with the large amount of Polyjuice Potion that was absconded with in the last book where, you know, Crabbe and Goyle were turning into little girls. Right. Um, at this point in their magical career, there's Polyjuice Potion lying around. Slughorn had some in his office that they stole from. I think the order probably just has it brewing because they're doing they're up to shit all the time. But it, it makes me think. If you can just brew it and then have it on hand, stoppered for months, is it just good forever?
0: Yeah, like, when does it expire?
1: Right. Or do you, could you like, grow two heads if it's starting to weaken? I
0: don't know.
1: So, yeah, probably just potions. Another another trope showing its age. Yeah. <laughs> um, my next note is page 147. Well, I still... No, I don't. Um, my note is 138. Wow. Okay. Fat shaming returns.
0: When, oh, with the the guy being a little bit bigger than Harry, a little bit fatter than Harry.
1: A little bit fatter, I believe. Yeah. Harry was rather uncomfortable. The Muggle boy whose appearance he was affecting was slightly fatter than him, and his dress robes felt hot and tight in the full glare of a summer's day. Yeah. That you. That uh. That you have a note on that.
0: It's up. it's called it stop.
1: One forty-five be... is mine. What'd you say yours was?
0: One forty-seven. Okay.
1: Hermione looks at Harry during the climax of the wedding.
0: Eyes full of tears.
1: Mm-hmm. Not uh, that, Not at Ron.
0: That's pretty close to my note on page 147. Ooh, okay, let's hear it. Ron has a really nice, normal, natural, affectionate thing to say about Luna.
1: Yeah, I did notice that, that too.
0: Makes a lot of sense and is like, oh, weird. It's almost like they work really well together. And almost like Harry and Hermione work really well together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oi.
1: I mean, can't just Hermione, Ginny, and Harry be a thruple? And then Ron could hook up with Luna and everyone's still happy?
0: I mean, I don't know any thruples, I guess. I don't know how that works. Yeah, so I don't know any either, but but
1: this could be the first, right?
0: I don't know. I
1: doubt it's the first. Well, I mean, it's from like um, 10 years, or this what, this happened 20 years ago, so...
0: Yeah, because 20 years ago was when people started having sex with partners that weren't the ones they were married to. No,
1: that's a threesome. I'm talking about a throuple. It's not about sex, necessarily. I wasn't talking about
0: having sex together with this other person. I'm talking about, like, the concept of more than monogamy.
1: I'm saying a sort of super relationship where they're all parts of the same cohesive whole first uh, was introduced 20 years ago. And I think Harry and Hermione could have invented it. And, And Jenny, of course.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah. J.K. Rowling invented the concept no, of having Terry,
1: Hermione, and Jenny. Clearly J.K. Rowling missed the boat. She was too uncomfortable by the uh, feelings stirred from their pairing that she had to split them up. Are they trying? How would you say that if it's not pairing?
0: Um, Coupling? Tripling.
1: Tripling? Thrupling. You heard it here first.
0: You you're being way too silly for this extremely serious podcast. Sorry It's out of control It's uh uh, It's It's causing It's causing uh Problems in your interpersonal relationships and your life And this is an intervention (laughs) There's no more Throupling Or (laughs) insistence that JK Rowling or, Or that Ginny, Ron, and Harry Uh Or Ginny, Harry Hermione And Hermione Invented it Um I won't stand for it I'm not gonna stand for it anymore it's 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 ridiculous. Uh,
1: all right, Graham Chapman.
0: <laughs> um, my next page note is 148. So is mine. Why don't you go first? So if I'm to understand what Victor Crumb is saying about the symbol that Luna's dad is wearing. Mm. Is that it's essentially like this dude went to a wedding wearing a swastika. And then, and then Harry is basically telling Victor, um, I don't know, man, that's the first I've heard of swastikas, but like, also, have you considered that maybe he's like a Buddhist? <laughs> kind of, like, yes. Swastikas are Buddhist symbols first, man. Like, it's, it felt like that. It felt like when, if you've ever heard that trolly 14 year old tell you that thing. Yes. Like, it felt like that. And I don't think... I don't know if she intended it to feel like that. I knew she meant to... I know she means for it to feel like a a swastika. I don't know if she intended Harry to sound so much like those people. It's... I feel
1: a little problematic in a different way eventually. I think there's... The frustrating thing is... There's more to the symbol than what Victor Crumb has brought up. But Victor Crumb is to date in the books the only person who's ever encountered it because they, they like, talk to lots of people about it later and everyone's like, I don't know what you're talking about with that symbol. So it's 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 both a case of Crumb having this personal connection with it but also being wrong about it. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's, it's very odd.
0: Weird. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I guess I can't wait to read what that's about. Yeah. Also, this is, like, the first conversation we've had, or the first mention about Grindelwald we've had since maybe earlier this book. But like, I feel like we're hearing about Grindelwald in this book more than we have since like the first book. Yes. I think it was like a, something that was mentioned in the first book on like Albus Dumbledore's wizarding chocolate frog card. Yep. And, and now it's like, Oh man, everybody knows that this is the biggest deal in the wizarding world. <laughs> um, it, it's interesting. And, you say and, that.
1: Go ahead. Good. Ahead. Sorry. Which part?
0: What, what's interesting about that? I say it.
1: The first mention we've had since then, and initially it gave me that same kind of thrill I had from Sirius being mentioned in, or being a big plot point of part three. And I'm like, oh wait, but he was mentioned in book one. <gasps> Ooh, excitement. And so that's that, that led me to ignore a lot of other problems. But mm-hmm. I feel like Grindelwald should have come up once or twice here and there in the last six books
0: it just feels like for all the things that Dumbledore does, he never explains to Harry any real world experiences that like he, or or lessons he's learned from his own like adventures. It Mm -hmm. feels like, I don't feel like he's ever like, listen, man, when I fought Grindelwald, this is the challenge I faced and this is how I overcame it. He never does that. And I'm not saying like that he has to, that mentors have to, that the, the, the wizened wizard has to do that. Mm -hmm. But like, it's sort of odd that, like, he has held this notoriety, but he doesn't really, like, share it in a form of, like, this is how... This is my experience. This is what I've done. This is how I did anything. He just, like, shows up and, like, has the notoriety with ever, without really ever having to justify it. Right. So, I don't know, just... I guess maybe that's a, a separate kind of flaw in the creation of the character. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's not a flaw, but it's, it's definitely observable. That's it for me for this chapter.
1: My 148 is, just because it's kind of like the keep an eye out note last time, here's where the book's two scavenger hunts diverge. And because that's Mm -hmm. the problem with this book, there are kind of two scavenger hunts, even though they overlap. Uh, There's the Grindelwald hunt and the Gregorovitch hunt. Mm -hmm. And they cross back and forth, overlap. Because of that, she should have come up with a different name.
0: That doesn't start with G?
1: Yeah, and a big long Grigorovich, Grindelwald. It doesn't help.
0: And I think she no. she's
1: locked in because um Crum named Grigorovich back in book four and Grindelwald's right. back in book one. So she's stuck, but it's just like mm. this this book can be it has that lavender brown Ramilda oh, yeah. Vein problem. Right. Uh throughout. And it's just like more time, maybe. I'm not sure, or, or not retconning so much and setting this shit up earlier. I don't know, but that it's a big clunky piece, and here yeah. we're getting two of those. Saying we have to just pay attention to Grigorovich and Grindelwald.
0: Well, I mean, that's probably gonna not be too difficult for me because, like, I have the Fantastic Beast experience to understand who Grindelwald is. That's
1: a good point. I'm I'm relying on my memory of reading this the first time.
0: Right, right. So, well, I mean, I, I'm just I'm I'm saying I think we're you're right. I think that a a first time reader who presumably didn't have the fantastic beasts may have had that experience. It was difficult for them to like split the difference and understand who was who. Uh But like, I don't think I'm going to have that problem because Grindelwald is a character. I understand from those movies. Uh Um, and have like an, uh, a memory of. So hopefully I won't have that issue, but I, I also agree phonetically, like you're talking about like G R is the, are the letters that start both names. And then they have the V and the W at the second, like half of the word. Yeah. And though, and like those, like that even saying Grindelwald, you say it with a V, like it's pronounced with a V. Mm-hmm. So like, I get, I get what you're saying. Like it definitely, they're very, they're similar enough phonetically to be easily confused.
1: That's my, that's my last note for this chapter.
0: I, I have an oh, overview note for this oh, chapter, okay, which is just that uh, I wonder if Aunt Muriel learned how to exposit from Dumbledore.
1: <laughs>
0: well, we need a new Dumbledore surrogate. Because it was just like five pages of her going, yeah, and then this happened and some other character going, stop it. Don't. <laughs> Don't say that. Why are you saying that? Stop. And then this and then her being like sloshy drunk and being like, Yeah, well you think that's fucking crazy, but check this shit out. He killed his sister. Or like, you know, like she killed her mom and then like what happened? I don't know. And then this other person's like, Stop as my friend. Could somebody stop her? You're over serving her. I know I don't think you've seen this movie, but that the the Aunt Muriel reminded me of this character from the beginning of Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca. There's this What are you talking about? I fucking love Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca's great. Um, the 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 woman who is the uh, last night I the, dreamed
1: I went to Mandalay again.
0: Not that one. The uh, the woman who is her boss. No, I know. In the beginning of the film, yeah, that's who Aunt. Uh, that's how who I cast as Aunt Muriel was that like rich woman who's like I'm rich enough to and 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 uh, uh, horrible enough to not be able to. Uh, have real friends, but have to pay someone to be my companion. I totally forgot that
1: about that character. Holy cow! Yeah, that's it's...
0: who. That's who she reminds me of. Cool. Um, that's the end of that that chapter, which brings us to chapter nine. A place to hide. I only have one note. I only have I have one note also. Oh no! Oh note! Oh note! A note. Okay. My 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 notes on one sixty nine.
1: Well, then it's before mine, which is one seventy.
0: Always loot the bodies from of your foes you knock somebody out you kill them in combat you loot their fucking bodies you have no idea what that guy might have had on him you have no idea what sort of magic advantage you could have had in the future because you took the time when he was stupefied or whatever to pilfer his pockets to fucking if if let's say to to purloin his possessions let's say (laughs) thank you um (laughs) Let's say you don't even do the thing that I would probably do which would be a which would be a problem maybe. I could see a reason why you wouldn't want to do this, but I would probably take their wands. Okay. I might I might take their wands. Maybe those wands have tracers. Maybe that's a terrible idea. Maybe so okay, what's the alternative? Break them. Break their fucking wands so they don't have them anymore. Also, why leave them in the diner? Why not just leave them all fucked up and busted up and ditch them in a in an alley? Like so that they, they, maybe they have to invent that they were, they were mugged or something. I don't know, but like mugged by muggles, mugged by a muggle where they get their name. Um, but like, just, I mean, I, I can, my criticism isn't of the author in this situation. Okay. It's of the character. Sure. It's, it's saying like, I feel, I, I'm just like, I feel like I'm screaming in a theater at the, at the horror movie, like character and being like, you got, why aren't you doing this? just take their break their wands like you can survive this you'll have an advantage you'll have an advantage so if harry you just ha- <laughs> break the wands
1: harry does say something that 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 at least uh makes me feel i can follow his motivation which is he wants them to come to and not think they saw anybody and if they wake up right, with but broken then wands right they don't somehow there's more to that that harry doesn't understand oh okay there there there's a reason why the Death Eaters converged and were specifically there. And if they, if, when they were giving the report later, they have been like, so you went there. Why did you do that? If you say there's nobody there, they'd be like, Uh, and hence the torture. Right, right. Um. But okay, Harry, as far as Harry knows, he's like, oh, they'll just wake up and be like, if they, if they had broken wands or noses or didn't wake up at all, people would come looking. And so I can kind right. of buy that. He's okay, like, we, we're never here.
0: Fair enough. Uh, I will I will eagerly await the reveals when I read them. Oh, you're gonna be so excited.
1: Can your books. <laughs> um one seventy. The defense is set up at number twelve Grimmauld Place. Do they do anything? Not
0: very great. <laughs> I mean
1: <laughs> I can't remember if we if we see Snape show up there and, and get affected by these things. But it's like a,
0: it's like a haunted house. It's
1: like a boo scare. It's like a,
0: <gasps> yeah. I mean, I guess like presumably the idea with the with the they don't even say it was supposed to look like Dumbledore until after.
1: Yeah, like I, I I've read this book before, and for whatever reason, this time through, I thought it was supposed to be like Moody.
0: I did too. I, when I when I said they heard Moody's voice, I was like, oh, is Moody? It was like, right? Did Moody not die? That was my first question. Right. It was like, is has Moody been hiding out at uh number twelve Grimold Place like? nursing his wounds and trying to get back to health and like operating under like under the presumption of death like because that would give him a huge advantage against the dark lord is for if the if voldemort thinks he's dead that would be a really cool advantage to have if if there's nobody else out there who knows that he's alive and fighting for the fight of the of the order right but and so i was like oh did this is this how they find out is this how the kids find out and then it's like some sort of tongue-tied curse which i understand again why that would be why that would be challenging for an novice wizard right but like we've already discussed like the capacity to cast nonverbal spells and it
1: stays really like, good at it
0: yeah exactly so like w- <laughs> why would it change anything for him and then the the dumbledore body like is that just supposed to like hope that he still has a human heart yeah and that he would feel regret over like having killed that person and seeing their dead body might shock him into a couple moments of like emotional grief is that the best they have? Right. And, and is he just in the house
1: now? <laughs> like, And it's dispelled by saying, I didn't kill you, which they stumble onto. But someone else right. activates the trap later and dispels it the same way. If they didn't dispel it, would it attack anyone or have whatever horrible repercussions it would have for Snape? Could Snape just say, yeah. I didn't kill you, even though he did and dispel
0: it? It, it... Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it, definitely, they
1: don't... it kind of goes to your theory of the author being done at this point. Yeah. Like I've had this set up for forever. I'm just going to write to it and internal logic be damned.
0: I mean I feel like it doesn't take much effort to come up with like the thought of like I guess these are kind of clever wizard traps but like why would they stop anyone? Right. Like I get that they scare the kids but like they scare them on like a like you said like a haunted house horror movie level. Right. It's like not on like a like I'm actually—it's not like barbed wire. No, like, it you're feels like, like if it I feels go like through in, uh, that, I hurt myself.
1: The thing they added to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride where they project Bill Nye's face onto the mist, yeah. and you go through the mist. Right. Um, hey, Rufus Grimjar. That's a callback.
0: Did Bill Nye play Rufus Grimjar? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember those movies very well. No. Um. Well, he's in it the, very uh, briefly. Yeah. The. Uh, I, I think that like having something like I don't know like a. Uh, I don't know, why can't you have some sort of like okay, let me put it this way. Okay, this is this is the 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 solid criticism for this bullshit. Let me take you back. <laughs> let me rewind time. Take you back six years when we first met Harry Potter.
1: When when Hagrid first met Harry Potter.
0: Not 17 years. Right. Six years. Harry Potter, Ron Weasley, and Hermione Granger have to follow the defense against the dark arts teacher through a series of traps that have been constructed to protect an object by the teachers and professors of Hogwarts. These are the best traps they can come up with to prevent dark wizards or nefarious people from getting a hold of this incredibly valuable object. Mm -hmm. So if the axiom of those who can't do teach is true, And we presume that someone like Mad-Eye Moody absolutely can and has not taught. Right. Even if you want to, remember, he never taught at that school. I've
1: not interrupted because you are well within your rights to speak.
0: He, uh, He presumably would be much more skilled at creating traps and defenses and things like that. To keep people away from objects or places that they don't want them to be, especially with this so history of
1: paranoia and thinking like dark wizards. I mean, he's triply able to set up fantastic traps.
0: Presumably, if we think about like even like when he got kidnapped, I mean, were there any real nice traps in his house? I don't remember. I don't remember that well. Uh, I believe it was
1: um, exploding dustbins.
0: Yeah, that's true. He's not very good at them. No, he sucks. Never mind. <laughs> maybe he maybe he does suck at them. Man, but this has even been plotted from the them. beginning.
1: She's so great. Right. It's the best book maybe, ever. Maybe
0: she, yeah. You know what? It's a good point because like Sirius or, or Severus was there, you know, like helping develop, maybe potentially developing some of these, these like protections. Yep. And he was also protecting the Sorcerer's Stone. Yep. So maybe like he deliberately didn't like try hard enough to protect uh, number twelve Grimold Place. My God. The writing's God, on the wall brilliant.
1: outside of the second floor girls' bathroom.
0: The, <laughs> the half blood prince uh Beware <laughs> <laughs> Enemies of the Half Blood Prince Beware. There it is. There it is. Um yeah, uh I don't know. It I I think that it is shockingly poorly defended <laughs> um and it sounds like it, it it sounds like a mistake like why couldn't you have something like the akin to fluffy standing guard yeah like why why is there no monster patrolling the halls of uh number 12 grim old place sure like an actual monster that would be scary to fight like a yeti or something uh, a troll like just let it destroy the house what do they care like right. they're not going back maybe it could Maybe it could destroy the house enough to get that fucking painting off the wall. Who knows? But like something like something more than like a tongue twister and a like a scary hologram. Like that's how it feels like. But like you said, maybe that thing would be more violent if it didn't get dispelled.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we is. yeah, we don't
0: know. Yeah, we don't know.
1: And all you got to say is, anyway, I didn't kill you. And I got to tell you, if I walk into a house and the ghost of a person I admired rises up and sh- sh- running at me angrily, it's I'm not going
0: to think, I didn't kill you. I'm going to think, ah! I mean, I got to tell you, now, every time I walk into a house, I feel like I want to start shouting, I didn't kill you! <laughs> before I do anything. Like, as soon as I walk in, I'm going to start doing that. I'm just going to make it a part of my, like, routine. So that, like, if, if something like that were to happen, I know that I dispelled it before it starts. Constant vigilance constant paranoiac vi- vigilance is yeah. what we have to have. Absolutely. That's my note.
1: Yeah, that's a good note. Except it was my note, but sure.
0: That's the end of my notes.
1: Oh, well, it was end of my notes, which ended with more finality than your well, notes. Well, I have
0: one more note. Fuck. <laughs> it's just an overview, which was that I, I liked this chapter. Yeah. Overall. Like, I felt like it was fun and, and like, it was paced well it felt like something was happening do you think some of that's Uh, because
1: it's in the muggle world and it's not head up its own wizarding butt so much
0: i think it has everything to do with not being in hogwarts with being action Mm -hmm. that is actually interesting uh as opposed to like here's a brief here's a brief spat of action and then we're back into classes and it's like i well, it's also, I mean, Nothing. there's the
1: contrast of just being in an everyday setting that we can recognize. Hermione being catcalled, drunk revelers, you know, late night diners full of grease. Ron yeah. being bitchy about the cappuccino. But why, are you good at, why do you get a cappuccino at a diner, man? Come on. Get some diner
0: coffee. Or at if night. Can,
1: like, yeah. Well, I mean, I can if they're out partying all night with the revelers.
0: Get water. You're going to be dehydrated. Just drink some water.
1: But then the waitress is looking at you like, why aren't you ordering something? Hermione knew what to I am ordering. Order.
0: I'm ordering water. I'll also take some toast. How's that feel? Bring me some toast, please.
1: Point is, it's 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 far more engaging to see magic in in the quote unquote real world, the Muggle world, than it is, like you said, just classes.
0: It had a sort of like leave the gun, take the cannoli, kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, and this this mobish sort of ambush happens, mm-hmm. and like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. holy shit, like. Like, shit's about to go down, like, feel where it was like, those that guys all carrying guitar cases. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it had that feeling, and I was like, Wow, that that was like, I kind of saw it coming, but I also saw it coming be, not like in a bad way, but because I was reading the fucking book. Like, I was, right. I was like, Oh, yeah, that, the really tall, huge blonde guy, that was the only description they used for this other horrible guy than the last book. I wonder if it's, Oh, it's the same guy. Yeah, it is the same guy. Okay. Cool I was right and now we're in the middle of action. Cool. Wow. okay. so my inst I'm being rewarded for paying attention. I'm having my instincts justified. I'm having like a reinforced and I'm enjoying it. That is good writing. Like that is like fun and engaging. Mm-hmm. It sucks that her style and her her structure for these books has to limit those opportunities or or for some reason she isn't able to really like flex in her own constraints. Uh, more I, I mean That's how I feel that's I my interpretation is that sure. she's, she's overly reliant on retconning And deus a machina and like uh, The the exposition Dumps like they they're re- Recurring Crutches that Hold her back from having what I believe could be Truly fantastic books uh, and I think that's honestly their, The biggest sin so far Is that those Like hacky crutches are so obviously holding back what like a, an engaging premise for a world and everything else that she does. Right. Mm -hmm. Ends up getting like cut off at the knees because of these other things she does. Right. And my, so the last note I have is like, I, this didn't feel like a typical Harry Potter chapter, which is probably why I liked it.
1: Well then get ready for a whole book of chapters. You're going to like, Oh, maybe.
0: Hmm sour we'll taste in my mouth now we'll see maybe you will maybe you will maybe i don't know I'm, i mean i'm still at the end of these chapters i'm excited to read more i was i had this thought today while i was getting ready to read them where i thought to myself oh god i'm i really am not looking forward to reading these like, this is feeling more and more like a chore which is fine like i'm gonna do it but it, it just like that that sort of like actual sort of like dread of mm-hmm. like god, i have to read 70 pages of harry potter tonight mm-hmm. fuck um and then and then like reading it and like the first chapter was tough because it was just so big um it was like that was like 50 pages in one chapter felt um, like yeah or something it was it was a big one and then the last two were like relatively short like 20 like 21 and like you know 17 or something so great chapter breakup for our podcast but um yeah, I, I, and now I'm like, it's it's not, I'm not so enthralled with them that I can break up that feeling of, like, dread from feeling like it's completely gone. But I will say that, like, at this point, I am looking forward to next week because this was a good chapter. Like, the, we didn't talk about, like, Harry's Occlumency issues. We didn't talk about, like, Hermione's cool bag. That's true. That felt a little, like, again, like, convenient. Like, I believe it. But like, did Harry take the snitch? Are we gonna have to go back for the snitch? Is that a plot point later, maybe?
1: I feel like he, even if he didn't, it would have, it would be an easy oh yeah, I grabbed that too.
0: Yeah. See, nothing matters. I, I do nothing like, matters. I
1: do like the idea of her of having of having her packed and ready while simultaneously being in a, you know, evening gown for the wedding.
0: I like that it's, too. It's, but I, it's, it's I, very
1: Hermione. It, it is, it is,
0: and it's also It's. Also, I, I guess I'm just I want to hear, sorry, I just want to hear the moment where they say, God damn it, I forgot this thing. Like, it, it sets it up too perfectly for them to need to go back to the burrow mm-hmm. and, and risk, like, being caught. It, it sets it up so perfectly that I honestly, like, and I don't want it to be spoiled for me in any way. I don't want it confirmed nor denied. But, like, it seems like it could set up a, a wonderfully exciting, like return and like attempt to to get the things they need that they left. And then the death eaters show up again mm-hmm. and they have to like, and they like some bad shit happens. And then, and then suddenly like no one can make it back to the burrow ever again. They have to abandon the burrow like that could be so, that would be crazy. Like mm-hmm. that would be a really fun, intense, crazy moment. And I don't remember if that happens, but it's like they set up that possibility very easily And I, I, that, the idea that that is set up so well, if it doesn't happen will be even more upsetting because it will mean that she had an out, but she like relied on, oh yeah, they grabbed that too. And that'll bum me out. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Like it just, it is what it is (laughs) and we'll figure it out as we finish this book. Um, but honestly, I mean like it's, and the next, the next Episode should be equally long, you know, presumably like it's going to be a a similar number of pages. So we're not going to be able to make it out like without having like, you know, a a good chunk of the book having been, you know, read. We'll be we'll be like, I think we're like maybe two to three episodes away from halfway through this book. (laughs) Uh, Time flies, man. You know, what's interesting. Of course I do.
1: Back when we, I'm just noticing this now because I was looking at the chapters. When we started this book, I had my pre-note, my negative note. Yeah. About the quotes at the beginning. Right. But even before the uh, the table of contents, there's a dedication that says the dedication of this book is split seven ways. That was a rather obscene gesture on your part. <laughs> <laughs> um. See, it's all, it's all, it's all plotted, man. It all
0: seven what, what, let me oh, let me look at this let me look at these seven. Oh, it's, it's a it's a crazy font that goes back and forth
1: in a lightning bolt shape oh it's so cool
0: how dare she <laughs> it has fucking on the on the opening on the first page really this is harry potter and the Deathly hallows is a fucking picture of what, whom assuming is hedwig in her cage sleeping mm-hmm, peacefully mm-hmm. an eternal sleep <laughs> oh it's dedicated to us for having stuck with Harry. Well, that's eight ways then. Until the very end. Yeah, I know. she's She can't even count.
1: Can't even count.
0: Wow. Well, this book came out. This book came out the year I, the year after I graduated from high school.
1: Hmm. This book came out the year I went to Ireland.
0: I remember, I remember when it came out, man. I remember when this book came out because I have friends who are really into Harry Potter. And I remember being at a friend's house. And like talking to him, being like, "Man, did I did I hear right that like because this thing is this book came out before the sixth movie came out, I think." And I remember being like, "Man, I heard like does Dumbledore really die? Like in the in in like is he dead?" And he, I remember him being like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> and I remember that like, I remember that like sincere like. I wish I didn't. I wish it was different. <laughs> I remember that, that feeling of like, like hearing that in his voice of him being like, "Man, I wish, I wish I could tell you he was he was still around, buddy." But it's true. He's gone. <laughs> and I just remember being struck by how funny I found that. Like, like not like making fun of no, him. just I know. idea like how like,
1: profound it it was to him.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like the, the like. Yeah, I, these books mean a lot to a lot of people, right. and that's and that's what I mean. Like there, there's magic in these books in that they are, like these, you know, these books are kind of like Horcruxes. Like these books, when people read them, they put a chunk of their souls in them, where they like they have these deep emotional like experiences the first time they read them, and those experiencers are distilled and. Like, like solidified as memories that get triggered when they experience that book again, mm-hmm. or they see that, book, Absolutely. or they touch it and they, they are, they're sprung to life in their memories. And because of the nature of how these books come out, they get separated and segmented in seven ways so that you have different responses and different experiences with each one of the seven books and and different like emotional resonances with them and that's like that is powerful like that i i get like that's a very powerful kind of magic like it's 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 really interesting to observe it and and see how it affects people i think i think that it's it's not unique mm-hmm. to these books but these books have this like the the thing that they have is they have this concept of the horcrux which really does like discuss or, or like uh, it sort of names this phenomenon mm-hmm. this idea of like an object imbued with a, a part of us it's why we can be sentimental about them so we can be sentimental about a locket or we can be sentimental about a ring mm-hmm. or we can be sentimental about a journal or a snake I, I'm not <laughs> going to do all of them but like <laughs> <laughs> But, or, or like, 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 like real world things, you know, like that you can I'm trying to think of something in my life that I would, that would be similar. Like a, like a, like a, like a token that I won't get rid of or something. I have a ton of them I'm trying to think of something like actually like profoundly significant. I guess I could literally pick things because I have so many of them. Sure. Uh, I have a, uh, oh, here's, here's a good one. It's weird. It's a weird one, but I have a, uh, when I was in high school, we got issued, um, ID cards like these little like plastic printed ID cards that had our name, our uh, year, like what year we were in high school and like something like that. We have lanyards that we have them around so that we could we could when someone has said, hey, who are you? What are you doing here? We could say, I'm this person. I'm this age. Can I do this thing I was trying to do? And they go, yeah, whatever. And they write your name down something. I don't know why this is the case, but I have I have somebody else's id card from high school from like sophomore year i have a friend of mine's id card and it's completely useless Mm -hmm. like i there's nothing i could do with it there's nothing that would benefit me from keeping it and and it would remove clutter in my house if i got rid of it but i have it and there's this weird feeling i have of like wanting to not get rid of it because having it Like, I don't know why I haven't. I don't know why I've had it for so long, but I have it. Right. And the idea that I've had it and I continue to have it for so long gives it this sort of energy. Mm -hmm. It gives it this sort of like significance for being a thing that has a story. Like it has a mystery. It it reminds me of a time when this mundane little object was not this specific one, but an object not unlike this object was a significant part of my life. And I had to wear it or keep it on me every day when I went to school. And this one is a friend of mine's at a time, at a very specific snapshot of our life together and our friendship when we were this age and and the memories we have together from this time period. And where we were before we got to that point and then how we've changed from that point. It's all embodied and symbolized in this thing. And it's interesting to think, like I said, that's not a unique concept that objects have these, these emotional values. But like J.K. Rowling did a thing that I hadn't read or seen in any other fiction where she gave those objects a name and gave them magical significance and talked about like this idea of what kind of person are you if you live with these objects and put too much stock in who you were in the past? Like what kind of person do you become if you don't move on and become and become a new and continue to become a new version of yourself? What what does that say about stagnation? What does that say about like fear? You know, what is what is what happens if you can let go of the things you held so dear? Mm -hmm. Like what's the worst that could happen? And what what's the worst that could happen if you don't? Right.
1: It's better to transform your life
0: fuck these books <laughs> now i don't know i don't know what she like i don't know what she wants in these books i don't see what she intended but like i think if i was going to give these books a compliment that would be the the biggest one mm-hmm. is that the concept of the horcrux is really interesting to me um because of everything i've already said sure. uh in and that statement um i do feel like in terms of how they fit into the Harry Potter story, they are kind of clunkily added. They feel like a strange, they feel like a strange bit of mythology. She stumbled upon and then made everything about them, which is not the hallmark of a great leap, a well-plotted story. No, But at the same time, they are a bit of brilliance. Sure. I, I think. And, and, and good on her for figuring it out and, 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 and putting it in this story. Why are you smirking at me? No, I'm not smirking. Uh, you're smirking.
1: I'm not smirking. I thought it was very you're profound. You're mocking me in your not brain. i mocking you. I think you, uh, you showed a little bit of your soul, and now you're, uh, you're afraid of that. You're afraid of what you're feeling.
0: Maybe. I've got this one, too. <laughs> this is one. I've got this little... Uh, I've got this mug, this dinosaur mug. Hmm. Let's see what it says. 1993 Applesauce Inc. Made in the Philippines. Brontosaurus mug my dad bought me this I think from somewhere <laughs> I don't know where my dad went I don't know what where it came from but I've had this mug since I was five years old and I I keep it to I, I don't drink out of it I keep it I keep pens in yep. it um, but I have kept it and brought it with me everywhere I've moved you know, and, and kept it safe for that long because it represents this like thing. It represents this, a token of affection from my father when I was a child. And it also is a pretty cool looking mug. Um, but like, uh, yeah, we all have these things and they're all important. They all have different significances and I'll stop talking about it because I'm (laughs) being redundant, but like they're all around us. Mm -hmm. Like depending on how you live, like they're all around you. These little, these little memory towers, these little memory totems that are around us in all, all of our spaces that help keep in our minds those things that we value most. And you know what? Like for some of us, for some of us, you would die protecting them, you know, like you and you would, you would put up a lot of physical barriers between them and people who would harm them. And again, she just nails it and I'll stop talking about it. Cause it's it, this episode's over, but it's cause I'll just, I'll just keep going around circles. Cause it's the same point, but it's still like, it, I, I think there's it's a powerful there's, point. There's value. There's value yeah. there. And it's, it's the thing, like it's a, uh, it transcends experience. Like it goes to like, everybody has something like this. I'll, I'll, the extreme majority of people have, these objects. And if you looked around your house, if you looked around your bedroom, if you looked around your life, you'll find them. You'll see them. You'll think about what is that thing over there that I have that I haven't put in the garbage or I haven't tossed on the side of the road or donated to someone else who could actually make use of it? What does this thing I have actually do for me? And it'll an- the question will be answered if you think about it at all. And and I think that's the thing that we don't we often don't think about them. We forget them. Mm-hmm. Like they become part of our the white noise of our visual stimulus in our lives, and you just move around these memories. But then every once in a while, that one of them you catch it and you see it and you remember. Oh yeah, I remember. You know, you know, etc. Whatever memory you need. I remember when Dumbledore came to visit me in the orphanage and then he set my clothes on fire. (laughs) I remember that. I'll never forget it. Anyway. You know, I keep, I brought this up a lot, well-worn this point, but like memories themselves play a big part in Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. The concept of memories shows up a lot in these stories. Like the idea of the Mm pensive is a pretty integral, like, you know, device that pushes the story elements along many times. um, There's all these ideas about Whose memory means what to whom? Who people who change their own memories, uh, deliberately? There, there's this uh thing about you know like, like Harry remembering bits of his mother, like of of the night his parents were murdered, right? You know things like that, and like whose memories were they? Which I I do believe, I genuinely believe that that concept of Voldemort of Harry being imprinted with Voldemort's memories was a book one idea. Oh yes, absolutely. Because th- absolutely. Because he because he talks about I'm pretty sure we talked about it in one of in whatever whatever episode it was in in the first se- season, but this idea that when Harry recalls his mother being murdered, he sees himself. He sees her holding a baby. He sees her holding him. That I don't that I don't remember talking about. Or if I fairly or if we, maybe I'm fucking wrong. Well, it's not, it's but not my impossible. My memory of that mm-hmm. is that Harry has Voldemort's memory yeah. of killing the potters. Uh, and he remembers that moment through Voldemort's eyes, uh-huh.
1: which, which whatever the answer I like better, <laughs> if that's not,
0: it would be a great clue. If anything, yes. And I'm pre- I, am I my memory is that it is, but like, who, who knows? It was seven, six books ago.
1: I mean, my memories are often in the third person. Does that mean I'm carrying around a little piece of pure evil soul?
0: Yes. Oh. but unfortunately, it is your own. Damn. Sorry, dude. Hey, look at the bright side. At least you can lament it. That's true. I can feel remorse. Yeah, that's that, You have some. You have some human thingies. Feelings. Oh. Fe- feelings. Yeah. That anyway, happen. yeah. I, it, it's. I wonder. I wonder what. I wonder why she ruminates so much on memory. Like, I wonder what it is about the concept of memory that has fascinated her so much that she incorporates it so hard into her books. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm trying to think if there was any other like real significant memory moments. Well, I
1: mean, yeah, absolutely. The Tom Riddle's diary is ar- arguably pure memory, distilled memory. Yeah, I guess it's 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 done again. But it's the also pensieve. Horcrux,
0: which are these. Which are still... All of them are these, like...
1: Physical memories. Tangible memories. Th-
0: th- yeah, these, these these like, conduits for memory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I was thinking about the Mirror of Arased like, trying to think of if that has something to do with it.
1: Book three is all about uh, different perspectives on memory, and who remembers what.
0: Flesh memories. Ugh. Fucking David. The most powerful of, of all Cronenberg memory. David Cronenberg moment. Uh, book three was about what now?
1: Oh, uh, the different perspectives of memory, and who remembers, you know, what serious version right. versus other people's and how that's mutable right. i'm sure you could go through it and make a case for every single one
0: i'd be interested to see like maybe maybe i should maybe i should pitch and get funding to write a research paper about analyzing the concept of memory in harry potter can't hurt
1: who wants to pay for it the government
0: if you want to pay for it go to patreon <laughs> and patreon yes and look for death readers and send us the money and say this is for, this is the thousands of dollars it'll take to justify this research we'll add a new tier i'm putting it this way if you want me to reread these books again that's <laughs> the only way it's happening is if it's if it's if it's an uh, a narrative analysis of the concept of memory in the harry potter series where i will i will exhaustively pour over these tomes and figure it out and and put and make and write a, a publishable research paper about it.
1: It's a bold statement.
0: I'll do it. I'm I will sure do. Sure, you will. It'll cost money, though. Get <laughs> lots. How much do you love Harry Potter, people? Prove it. Prove your love. Prove it. Uh, anyway, I'm I'm done. Yeah, we're done. I think <laughs> I, 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 I went further than I expected to go, and I'm exhausted. Nike. Was that what the dude yelled when he finished the 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 marathon?
1: I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: From Greece, that when he when he finished the marathon, he the guy the guy runs from marathon.
1: Okay, first of all, I, I thought you meant um Danny Zuko, because no. he figured prominently in Greece and he became a runner for a bit to try to win Sandy back. <laughs> he is his face is full Picard in his hands, people. <laughs> yes, Nike, I do believe was the goddess of competition, and so he probably yelled her name. And I know that, uh, because I read uh Rick Raritan books with my kid, and those books are fantastic and
0: hold up. I I don't know if I can handle Percy Jackson.
1: Oh come on. They're so inclusive. Are they? Yes.
0: Wow, interesting. Um <laughs> Unlike some people. Here's here's our our descendant of a god who's from a land far away, the Philippines! Come on in! Is it like that?
1: Um, is it no, like... No, because it's even better than that, because any stories that have, like, Philippine mythology, he has subcontracted Philippine writers to write about, and it's like Rick Riordan Presents.
0: Really? Yes. That's cool.
1: It's a whole new thing. I don't know if they're all, like, in the same universe, like, if those characters could interact with Percy Jackson, but... There are demigod books in. He's got a whole bunch now. India, Chinese. I don't even remember them
0: all. I d- certainly don't. But anyway, Potter. Potter. Um, I'm done. Yep, I'm done. I don't want to talk anymore. Uh, well, that was Death Readers. Uh, I'm Doug. I'm Rob. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. These reviews help new listeners find us and join the discussion. Follow us on Twitter and like our new Facebook page for Death Readers News. Become a patron at Patreon slash Death Readers, and please discuss us extensively on Reddit.